You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 1 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. What's up? Welcome back, Connor. Dude, did it disappear yet? Uh, Is it all gone? It's all gone, like a miracle. It's like a miracle. Like it's a all miracle. gone, it disappeared. I'm talking to you from oh. a beach in uh, the Pacific. <laughs> I'm on vacation. I'm living my best life ever <laughs> because the economy's going like gangbusters. Oh, man. The country's doing great and everybody's is, good. It's amazing. And now it, it just went away. And now back to reality. Oh, it didn't go away. No. Fucking hey. Like a miracle, it stayed Shit. with us. Like herpes, it never. Uh-huh. Went away. <laughs> and Dude, the economy is still in the toilet. And, oh my god! And yeah. Our fragile democracy hangs on by the thinnest of threads right now. It's getting worse. Everything that we've talked about for five years, and I say this without hyperbole, is a million times worse than than we thought it would be. We kept saying, imagine the worst, and then imagine the worst on top of that. Yeah, and that's where we are. But even when you imagine... Dude, I can't even process. The other day was so bad. This week was so bad. You have no... Which thing? Uh, Which thing? I I mean, just like... I, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't even, pro- like, what, um, the Woodward everything? Book? The Woodward book? Well, the, the, there's no, the, the fact that, I mean, we all knew he was lying. Exactly, like, there's but, nothing, there's nothing relevory you know, in there's, that book. Well, the fact that the West Coast is burning, the fact that he said, you know, this is really dangerous, you can get it by there, and then they interviewed some dude at a rally of his in Michigan or North Carolina, and the guy's like, there is no COVID, yeah. it's a hoax, I it's to that. destroy the United States. What? Yeah, that's a pretty big hoax, though, to destroy the United States, like they were going to take down the whole world just to take down dude, the U.S. I, I mean, what are you going to do? Of course our democracy is in danger. Half the country is down the freaking rabbit hole. I mean, this is serious, man. We can joke all we want about it, but this is serious. But let's not leave out the most important fact, which is... There are almost 200,000 dead Americans today. I know. And it didn't need to be this way. It oh, my God. Didn't. If on February 7th he'd come out and said, it's dangerous. You get it by breathing the air. We'll get through this. we well, got to shut down for like a month, six weeks, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. But, but People would have done it. And, and then the defense that, oh, I didn't want to cause what? panic. Panic. I mean, that's an absolute lie, obviously, because all this guy does is so panic. Well, all the stuff he's been saying about the suburbs. Oh, they're coming to get you in the suburbs. Cory Booker is going to come and put black people living next to you in the suburbs. Ah. You remember the caravan of migrants before the election in 2018? The caravan of migrants. that, That wasn't designed to cause panic, right? The black people in the suburbs, but even, Antifa, the, the, the mythical Antifa. But even if you believe that he's saying, well, I didn't want to cause panic, there's a right. way to convey that message without, <laughs> without causing, causing panic, panic. But without, you know, continuing to hold rallies and pretending that there is no 
pandemic. <laughs> that's that's the cr- that's the crime here. Totally. He pretended totally off the wall. I mean, crazy the, that the, people are like, he's the greatest. One of the guys at that, I think it was at that Michigan thing where the guy said, there is no COVID. It's a total hoax to bring down America. Mm. They interviewed another guy who said, if I die, I die. He right. was wearing, I saw the clip. He was wearing a button That's that sad. said, guns, God, and Trump. Not necessarily in that <laughs> Wow. So guns come You have God. to be. I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to be like, oh, we have to understand these people and no, stuff like that. No. But these are fucking crazy people. And the QAnon lunatic, they're all, you know, you talk to these people, they're all, what is it about this QAnon thing? It's totally nuts. Listen. I was just reading something, like, there are tunnels under the United uh, yeah, States, yeah. No, uh, yeah. and that the elites use the tunnels to kill children? What? Right, to kidnap children and to traffic children. Oh, my God. Listen. They're called sewers. Listen. And no, the elites don't use them. No. Don't, don't the elites use penthouses to hide traffic from people? I mean, that's what an elite does. You have a penthouse. You don't go in the sewer. Right, you don't need a tunnel. I mean, seriously, Jesus. come on. That's just bad logic. Oh, my God. But but seriously now. Okay. Seriously now. Okay. We're in deep shit. We are in such deep shit. Because these this 40% is unpersuadable. They're gone. They are right. gone. There is no talking right. to them. No New York Times piece I mean, about let's how to reach the Trump right. voter and the disaffected. These people, the system has failed them, right. and this I, is their response. Right. Their response I guess the, is to clutch these issues. Right. I guess the good news is yeah, that news. with all of well, with all of the president's scare tactics about the suburbs and law and order. Yeah. In places like Wisconsin, which was what this was about, yeah, the aftermath of Kenosha, yeah, that he still is down. That's great in polling in Wisconsin. Like that's, it hasn't really worked. That's great. But yeah. I, I I still think that one we're missing something, and that he does have a path to an electoral college victory. And even if he doesn't. He's going to declare victory on the night of exactly. November 3rd. And we're going to have the same. I talked to you about this. This is what the Muslim Brotherhood did in June 2012, where they declared victory based on their exit polling and basically dared the military and the Presidential Election Commission to declare uh, Ahmed Shafiq the winner. And, the, you know, the implicit threat was that there would be huge violence. It's the same exact dynamic. And, it's the same exact dynamic. And Bill Barr is going to so, give him, and Bill Barr and the Supreme and Bill Court Barr, right. will give him the cover that he needs to do this. Exactly. So the exactly. I mean, taking a step back though, like even if the polling in a place like Wisconsin is clearly right. in favor of Biden, we're, that's assuming that everybody who intends to vote is actually going to be able to well, vote is and able is going to, to vote. have their vote counted. And then. And then it assumes that the president and the people around him aren't going to do precisely what we just said and that Bill Barr and the Supreme Court will give him cover. So when that happens, because it's not an if, yeah. it's a when. Right. Then right. what? Then and I want that? people and I want this is what wait, I want to remind our listeners. I want to remind our listeners yeah. something that we often kid around about, but that we have been way ahead of everybody <laughs> on all of these things. So if we're saying this, 
Yeah. It's. <laughs> I think we've been. I, our Take accuracy it. on this has been tremendous. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. It's like ninety plus percent. I mean, that's some. Scenario like this or this exact scenario is going to unfold. So, so let's just, let's say, for argument's sake, okay, that this is what unfolds. Yeah. Then what? Then what? I, I think there's going to be. First of all, I think people will turn turn out in the streets. Yeah. And will protest, and what and, and that will do violence. will trigger the vigilantism yeah. and militias. To say they're trying to steal the election, it's a coup, it's yeah. a coup, it's a coup. When it's actually the other way around, and there'll be violence in the streets. There will be bloodshed, not just violence. Right. There will be people, right. like what we saw in right. Kenosha. I mean, we already have right. we already have violence and bloodshed in the streets. But I mean, this there, is going look to, at what happened in Portland. Yeah, this is a harbinger of what is going to come. Right, of what's to come. This is what's going to And I think people, I don't know, you know, I've read... Um, uh, do you read this guy Farhad Manju yeah. in the Times? Yeah. He was started as a tech writer, yeah. and he's got he still is. He does, but he's got a column, and he you know he left apartheid South Africa in the nineteen eighties, uh, and he wrote this column recently. He said, you know, given that experience, I can smell political trouble yeah. when it's coming, yeah. and I really think political trouble is coming. He said, but my American born Gen X wife. Yeah. Who you know never really had to worry about these things, really needs to be convinced that political trouble is coming, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem. I think people, if you if you watch, you listen to, you watch the news, you read the newspaper, you talk to people who are involved in campaigns, yeah, and it's almost like this suspended animation that there, there's this separate reality in which in which they're existing, and like that this is a normal election, right. It's not a normal, election. and that it's going to work, and that somehow it's going to work out that way. Like you know, people. I, I I got a I got an email from a journalist the other day wanting to know what I thought of the Biden team's foreign policy lineup. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not really yes, the most important. And first of all, I, I I think I surprised the journalist and said, to be honest with you, I'm really not paying that much attention <laughs> to this. Uh, it's and, like, what and, do you mean? And, You're Stephen Cook. I, I was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, totally, and totally. um. It, it, it's like as if this is like some sort of normal, which normal is not, thing, which is totally right. not. I mean, right. yeah, it's totally not. So, so actually, uh, I tweeted yesterday, right? Yeah, the twenty twenty elections will yeah. result in either the collapse of the Republican Party mm-hmm. or the collapse of U.S. democracy. Well, it could be both. Mm. Well, I think the Republican Party has collapsed. I don't think that there is well, in, in what we think of as a Republican Party do, no, doesn't okay. actually it's exist. Been, it, the Republican Party has been taken over it's been, fully. It's been expropriated yeah, and true. fundamentally that's changed. True. But if the elections are to be free and fair, if they are, uh, which is obviously right. we don't believe that that's going to happen, then that right. would be the end of the Republican Party. As well, we know. obviously, this is why they. This is why look. This is why they're fighting to again, the nail. We'll go, let's go back to up. authoritarian leaders around the world. Yeah. Um, when they start taking these measures around election time, like suddenly, you know, the only media can go through this. Only reporting on the election can go through state-run media. Um, you know, polling places are going to be closed here, but open. There. I mean, all of these things. Yeah. And are when you start seeing authoritarian leaders under, you know, pursuing tactics, 
that make obviously make it difficult for people to vote and so on and so forth. Right. It's clear they don't have support. They can't count on the election, and they're going to suppress the vote. Right. They're, what what, what exactly? To them. What exactly has the Republican Party done? Everything possible to suppress right. the vote. Right. And it's, it's clear that democracy is less important to them than remaining in power. Right. So the right. fealty that they pledged to the Constitution is complete right. bullshit. Is complete I mean, this, bullshit. this should not be. This should not be a surprise to anybody no. at this point no, that it's party over country. And you know, I, I remember like you know, you used to say that to Republicans, they get super pissed off. But I now know a number of former Republicans, uh-huh. number four, who are like, yeah, it's true. Like, That's what's happening. Like Max Boot, for example. Yeah. So woke Max Boot. What? Woke yeah, Max Boot. Exactly. So here's one of the things though that's really frightening. So yeah. what we you outlined earlier about the violence, post election mm-hmm. violence. The wild card here, which isn't such a wild card, the cops. The yeah. cops are going to right. side with the right-wing vigilante right. protesters. And they've right. already proven that that's, what, that's where their sympathies right. lie. They've done that in, in Portland. Yep. They've done that in Kenosha. It was, I was reading something the other day, and I said, oh, it's so abundantly clear that you know, the sheriff's department is siding with the white supremacists here. Well, I mean, look, every time there's a Black Lives Matter rally in yep. these places, the cops shut down the streets and they advise people to board up their shops uh-huh. and this, that, and the other thing. But when, you know, you have a Trump rally, they direct traffic. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, just that in and of itself. That kid in Kenosha was... Right, he got a water bottle. ...was given support by the police, if not right. tacit approval. Well, you know, Dylan Roof, after he was arrested... Right, got his McDonald's He got Burger meal. King. He got a Happy Meal. <laughs> But right, you're absolutely right. I think but that there is a yeah. the the wild card here is the police. You had the the wasn't the the guy who's the head of the Patrolman's Benevolent Association, the, the police he, union in New York, in New York City. Yeah. Didn't he speak at the Republican National Committee? Uh, and the Repub- he did at the Republican National Convention. Plus, yeah, he spoke at the RNC. Out, yeah, and he retweets out, QAnon stuff all the time. They came out in support. They pledged their support for Trump. Yeah. The, the, the Police Benevolent Association right. you know, is endorsing Donald Trump. Like, what are we right. supposed to think about that? But, you know, this is, a, this is part of a long history in this country. When we study lynching in the South. Right. Right. Very often, the sheriffs and their deputies were in the lynching parties. <laughs> right. So this right. shouldn't come as no surprise to anybody. Well, I mean, it shouldn't knows. come. I mean, look at look at the look at the freedom marches. Look at the the, the Selma. Exactly. The history of the civil rights movement shows right. that the cops cannot be trusted. Right. And to I don't think do I, the it, right it, thing. It, it does not seem like it's changed, and it does not have a geographic difference. You can't say, "Oh, it's these," you know. Exactly. These, these hillbilly rednecks in the south. It's everywhere. It's so, in New uh, York City. It's essentially it, here. It's everywhere. Essentially, Kenosha, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, essentially Portland, uh, everywhere. Essentially, Jim Crow is now the law of the land. It's it's not just in the south. Right. It's everywhere, and this is what happens. You know. Speaking they, of, yes. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay. No, no, no. Go. I can't remember what I was going to say. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. sorry. It was really that was really my bad. But I'm you mentioned sorry. Jim Crow, yeah. and you saw the news today that the a federal appeals court upheld oh, Florida. Florida's the Florida legislature's uh, right. demand that well, That's the Florida legislature felons. passed yeah. a law saying that all the people convicted felons, convicted felons, yeah. who the people of Florida wanted to give them. Their Rest- right to vote. Restore back. their right to vote. Yeah. Restore their right to vote. Then the legislature, the Republican called legislature, passed a law saying that's nice, but they have to pay all fines and fees yeah. that are owed as a result of their incarceration and their legal proceedings before they can vote again. Does and that- it's very, very. Di- and then it has to be certified in some. That some sounds way. like a poll Based- tax to me. A poll tax, and yeah. so a law, lo- a court. Oh, Threw it out, and then a federal appeals court of uh, a panel of three judges upheld it. I'm guessing they're all white. Uh, I'm guessing. <laughs> so, get, talk about Jim Crow. I mean, so really, the more things change, the more they stay the same. History repeating itself. Blah blah blah. <sighs> this is, I mean, this is America. So to say, like, oh, this isn't America. No, this is America. Both right. both of these things are America. Both sides are but, America. It's really hard. I mean, I. It's really hard when you talk about these issues to think about progress, that there's been progress. We thought that we elected Barack Obama. We thought that there was progress. And well, look, the backlash against Obama, the backlash against Obama is revealing because it demonstrates not how much we've progressed, but how much we remain basically in the same place. Well, I mean, this is the, also part of American history. You take one step forward, and then you take five steps back, right? We had the, I, I, we I, had I, the it, Civil War, we had Reconstruction, and then they stopped Reconstruction when things started getting uh, uncomfortable well, always, for, for the whites in the South, and they put and Jim Crow. Was and there's always a threat of violence. It's not just the. It's always the threat it's of not violence. Just the threat they, they actually carry out violence in order to send a message. Right. Right, right. Who Lynch are the most is, dangerous people in America? Who are the most dangerous people in America? White supremacists. White men between the ages of forty-five and seventy-five. Right. I'm convinced. Yeah. I pulled up. I was in, uh, you know, liberal Montgomery County. I had to run an errand the other day in the middle of the day. Yeah. I pull up at a at a red light, and I'm just to the side of this very nice SUV that was just. Distuned with all this white supremacist stuff, a dog pooping on you know the Obama logo from the two thousand eight, all kinds of gun stuff, MAGA stuff, yeah. uh, you know, make liberals cry. The the what's it the Gadsden flag? All mm-hmm. of a sudden, these are symbols of white supremacy. Right, right. The the thin blue line flag. These have been whatever the intention was. Of anybody, these things are intended to show people, particularly African American people, who the fuck's in charge. So exactly. I pulled up. Yeah, I pulled up, and it was a, a, a it was a white dude who had to be his late fifties, yeah. early sixties. What did he look like? And fat. Yeah, I mean, he had the AR fifteen stickers on the back of this thing. And fat so, dude. Like, I mean, like completely beyond. What is it that they're afraid of? They're afraid of losing their position in society. What? I, I, you should I, read Isabel Wilkerson's book, Cast, 
Everybody should read that book. Her new yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all about the caste system that exists not only in India, the one that existed not only in Nazi Germany, but the one that exists here. And right. this is what happens when people see the system as being zero-sum. So if I'm at the top and you're at the bottom, I'm winning and you're losing. But if you're not at the bottom anymore, if you're rising to the top, you're taking that position away from me. And I can't have you over me because I can't live with that. And it's not economic anxiety and it's not, oh, I don't like deficit spending by the government. It's right, this. of course. It's, it's cultural. It's it's racism. Right. It, it's, it's caste. It's, it's the caste right. system that is which makes it, it's, it itself makes it much more more difficult to deal with. Actually, from a policy perspective, what public policy can you deploy to get white dudes between forty five and seventy five to be convinced that their 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 position is not under assault. You know, that's a great question and that's the one that needs to be answered. And I think there needs I don't to think be, there is one. Well here's what I think. The you know the rising tide lifts all boats theory, right. right? There's a reason right. and people, you know, they, they use this excuse for uh, of economic anxiety. But it's a fact that poor white people have done exceptionally poorly over the last mm. 40 years. Right, right. Right? Uh, mortality rate... I think I know where you're going with this. Go. Mortality going. rate is going down, right? There have been more... Mm-hmm. Right. More people over, like, between 50 or 45 and you right. know, whatever are dying yeah. early. There's economic... There is economic uncertainty, and we see it... We saw it in the beginning of the, of the pandemic when people's lives were pretty much ruined after mm-hmm. two after two missed pay periods right nobody has money right right so no one has any money there well is, there's that stunning that stunning article in the new yorker from a year or two ago where people yeah. didn't have 40 bucks no, it was 400 right was if it 400 you, if okay you had 40. like a 400 emergency there was some right. outrageous no one, no number could, of pe- percentage of people who couldn't afford to deal with that right and that is right. economic anxiety right right and that to me goes back to the failure of neoliberal economic policy in this country I, and in every country in the world. Right, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I, I thought that's where you're going to end up. And, and the building block from my perspective yeah. uh, for a lot, of the, a lot of these ills starts with healthcare. Um, that's yeah, huge thing. Because one, it, it, it undermines, it, it, what it does is it, it mitigates, I should say, it mitigates a whole range of uncertainties that if you get sick, you'll be economically ruined. Right. And that it also, because everybody is involved in a national healthcare system, yeah. it does help create a sort of civic culture, which we've really lost in this country. We've you know, it's been a long time since the greatest generation. Yeah. You we, know, we've been resting on those laurels for a while. We've been resting on those laurels for a very, very long time. And you clearly, you see with the undermining of, the social safety net with the the uncertainty, the soaring healthcare costs, the, the wrenching changes in the economy, that this has undermined American civic culture. We can talk and talk and talk about it, but there's a huge gap between the way in which elites and political leaders talk about America and the future right. and whatever, and the way people are actually experiencing is, yeah, it. And so I think right. I do think a building block of this, I mean, it's very hard to make the make the case that the United States is different from other countries. But if you look at a place like Canada, 
where there is a national health system, yeah. there is an underlying sense of civic culture. Even you, they were interviewing, you know, the right wing in Canada. Yeah. Who people were wearing masks. I'm like, well, it's just the right thing to do because, right. you know, it's, it's everybody's can be affected. Which this is, is not health. to say there are crazies in Canada. Of course too, not. But, of course not. And part of this thing with the health care is we're the only country, the only developed country that links your health care to your job. To your job, right? So not only are you worried about keeping your job for its own sake, but you're worried about losing your health care if you lose right. your job. So exactly. That's like the, exactly. It's the like double a double whammy. whammy. The double so like, whammy. is there any, is there any, is it a surprise to people that, you know, we lead the world in hypertension and all of the everything's stress related, right? Problems that go with hypertension. Look, I'm not saying that a single-payer healthcare system is a panacea or that it's perfect it's or whatever, be but than what we, have. we were we were a healthier society even under the Affordable Care Act, which right. was hardly perfect. But if you take the Affordable Care Act and then you build in a public option, you're going to insure a lot more people. Um, even just that, that seems to me a bare minimum. That and you minimum. give people a certain amount of economic security, including poor white or, people. Or not just poor, but white people who aren't doing as well as they perceive that they should be doing. Right, but there's, they've been fed this myth for right. 50 years Right. That somehow everybody else is taking, that that you right. know everyone is taking from the system, and that they're cheating the system somehow, right? It all goes back to the right. welfare queen of Ronald Reagan, right? And right. People are just siphoning so money. What, what happens? I mean, does it get through to people in like Kentucky that you know who are like so proud? I'm not a taker and stuff like that. But that if not for the people like you in New York State paying taxes to the federal government. They wouldn't have a lot of the stuff, yeah, the, the services they that's have. Lost They're taking. That's lost on them, right? Right. You know? I mean, that was, you know, Andrew Cuomo, there's this bit mythology yeah. around Andrew Cuomo as a result of COVID. But that actually was one of his finest moments when he dared Mitch McConnell to let the uh, states go bankrupt. He said, because, sure, New York will go bankrupt, but they'll hurt even more exactly. in Kentucky. Well, what was it, last week that Trump said that, you know, he was looking into defunding the sanctuary cities right. like New York City and Seattle. Right. It's like, you oh, know, yeah, I, totally, I forgot. You know, you know what, man? Do that. I'm not going to pay my federal taxes. How about that? Right. If, I, if I'm not well, getting anything, I'm not giving anything. Right. I'll, well, pay how about state, like, I'll pay state and city taxes. I sent, a, I sent a message to my congressman saying I don't want to pay for to defend Trump in the uh, – in the case of the rape allegations. And what did he say? Did you get a response? I, you know, it's an auto, it's an auto response, yeah. but I just felt I'm sure, like... I'm sure I, your congressman doesn't want to pay for that either. Right. Who is your congressman? David Trone. I don't really, David Trone I don't really hear basically about bought his seat, but he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, he started... Um, he started... Uh, what's it called? That um, The wine... Uh, not wine.com. Um, the, it's like the Costco of wines. Um... All right. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't know. Drunk.com? <laughs> wine in a box? Catalina Wine Mixer? No. Nah, Catal- Dude, the Catalina Wine Festival. The fucking Catalina Wine Festival. I saw that movie recently. Um, I don't know what he did. Total Wine. He started, David Turns started Total Wine. Total um, wine. So he's a like, multi-gazillionaire, so he could spend a lot of money on buying a seat. But that he's a good seems, guy. That seems fair. He's on the right side of, 
uh, of, most of the you know, issues. I I think he's on the right side of all of the okay. all of the issues that we we care about. Despite you know, not everybody who's you know extremely wealthy is you know regressive in their views. Of just a, just the vast so, majority of them, unfortunately. So um, he's I, I think he's a I think he's a good guy, and he's generally been responsive to things. But like, right. what do you say about this? This is like this is Bill Barr. Well, again, this Ooh. is you know the state is me. Right? They, they, right, their fealty to the Constitution extends to the Second Amendment exclusively. Everything it, else I, is negotiable. Was it the last time we were talking? I mean, my feeling on Barr is this: he really he's not necessarily committed to Trumpism. He's committed to Trump to the extent that Trump is the vehicle by which he can advance his authoritarian yeah, agenda, his authoritarian impulses, and he has. Right. All, it's not impulses. It's an it's an actual. Authoritarian agenda. It's yeah. not just like I have impulses. I think it's a well-defined worldview that is based on. I don't mean to offend anybody here, but is based on his conservative Catholic yeah. worldview. Yeah. Uh, and there's a number of there's a number of legal scholars who are like this. Uh, Adrian Vermeule at Harvard Law School is another uh, is another uh, author, legal authoritarian who comes out of this very conservative, uh, Catholic, uh, Catholic worldview. And so I think Barr basically applied for that. He wrote that memo yeah. over the, the, the mule. It was, memo. Right. It was basically to ensure that he got hired yeah. so that he could then, he, he could then pursue an authoritarian agenda regardless of, of, of Trump. Trump's just a vehicle for him and others. I hate to sound so conspiratorial, but I think it's abundantly clear yeah, that's what's bad, going on. He's a dangerous oh. person. Here's the thing I was thinking about earlier today. You know, here we are. We're in our 50s, right? Whoa. I know. That's rough. All right, let's don't think about that for a second. Yeah. We've been. We've <laughs> seen things. You've, we've been yeah. around the world. You right. are a scholar of different governmental systems. Mm-hmm. So they say. Yeah. So, I've, so I've been told. I I still, it still surprises me every time a politician gets up and lies through their teeth. It's it's really amazing. I mean, how can this, I just, I'm naive, right? I'm naive because I feel like when I'm talking to somebody, what they're telling me is true, right? I'm giving people the benefit (laughs) of the doubt that what they're saying to me bears some semblance to reality. But when a politician is willing to get up on TV and just blatantly right. lie, and they have with no regard for the truth, how do well, they do this? It, it's become easier and easier for them to do this because they can get away with it. Because what they do is they say, um, fake news, you work for a liberal news organization... Uh, and so, and because half the country is down the rabbit hole, because yeah. the, the public education has failed half the country. At least. Um, because there is no local news any longer, although there's local news, but it's politicized. I mean, uh, right. you know, it's uh, most of the local television news stations are owned by yeah. one right wing media company right. in the true. country. Um, that it makes it easier. So people like, I understand. How many, how many Republicans? Understand. How many Republicans watch the Democratic National Convention? How many Democrats 
watch the Republican national. So you add that to it, the polarization. Like I understand. you can't possibly stomach this. So it's easy to lie to your constituents. No, I understand why it's easy to accept a lie if you're ill-informed uh-huh. or under-informed or a low-information right. person. But okay. what kind but why of would, human being stands would get up and lie like that? And with no soul at all, with absolutely right. no remorse, just looks in the camera and spews complete right. so, falsehoods. Here's the question. Yeah. Do they come to office that way or does the office corrupt? You know, that's the, that's the age-old question. I tend right? to think I tend to think what I, I tend to think that there are people who are are given to being corrupted. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think that it, I think it attracts them. You know, a, a couple times in my life people suggested to me that I should run for office. Mm-hmm. And I laughed. I said, first of all, I'm totally unelected. Secondly, I, who would I, why would I want to spend my time re- begging people for money? Right. And three, I, I couldn't abide by all these You're too honest. liars and sleazebags You're in my honest. midst. Yeah, too honest. So, so when, when we hear audio tapes of the president saying, I downplayed it, mm-hmm. and then you have his defenders getting on TV and saying, no, he didn't. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> How? How do yeah, you no. look at yourself in the mirror well, and say, I'm a good person? Or do you just not give a shit? Well, I think also, I wonder, again, I wonder to what extent have some of these people convinced themselves of the nonsense they've been shoveling to their low information constituents. Some people, so that, yes, and so some that people it would know. be better. It would be better to be in bed with Vladimir Putin than have Democrats in well, power they, they for four years. They definitely think that. But I mean, you, but somebody but like, like, like Ted Cruz, Ted uh, Cruz, not a dummy. Nope. Right. Nope. Ted Cruz. I've bed. heard Ted Cruz say yeah. that the Democrats just want to keep the country shut down. Remember, this is a public health yeah. emergency. 200,000 Americans are dead. Yeah. Millions have been infected. Yep. Ted Cruz said Democrats just want to keep the country shut down to wreck the economy yeah. and destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Do you think he believes this is, that? Do you think he believes I, that? Well, I, I, I don't know. That's my question. Right. Does he believe that himself? Has he convinced himself of that Maybe. at this point? Maybe. But like, That's bizarre. Like, Especially in Cruz's case, when Trump accused his father of being in on Kennedy's assassination and, and then went after ugly. his wife. Called her ugly. Well, I mean, she's yeah. not attractive, but that's a different story. <laughs> but somebody <laughs> okay, like okay. Tucker Carlson knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knows Tucker exactly Carlson knows exactly what he's doing. Hey, what's, what's the story? Tucker Carlson got his hands on some tapes of and from uh, Chris Cuomo and Michael Cohen and Jeff Zucker, and he's been going after CNN. I, I don't know. I just discovered this this morning when I opened the paper. I haven't heard this. Uh, whatever. Tucker Carlson. He's he'll be president one day. Well, he you know has the most watched television program on Fox, which means he must have the most watched television program in America. Right, but you know we've talked about this. Those numbers. While he's the most watched, it's fragmented. The media is fragmented. It's not like Walter Cronkite numbers. Right, right, I get I mean, it. By orders of magnitude, not like yeah, that. I get it. But it's still, I, it's it's frightening to me because TV? I've seen who's watching TV. Kids don't watch TV. Right. Nobody under right. the age of thirty watches TV. Yeah. Nobody. TV doesn't exist for them. So we're talking about old scared people. Other than like Netflix, but like That's my, not my, TV my, though. My, right. 
My previous research says that she didn't even own a TV. Didn't own a TV. She's she's like, yeah, we watch Netflix and exactly. shows on Amazon Prime on our on our computer. Yeah. That's, what do you need a TV for? That's the direction things are going in. And yeah. you know what? The only thing that we can hope for is that we out that we last long enough that these people who are watching Fox News now will eventually right. die out. But like I've seen people, I've seen people from my high school, like in my cohort, my year, year behind me, year ahead of me, Long Island, right? Talking about how great Tucker Carlson is, yeah, best hour Long of television. Island. Low information people. These are not the superstars of your high school. No, it's I'm true. Sorry. I mean, I have to point out. I, I often have to point out to people that Trump held his first rally in New York. Yeah. In Bethpage, Long Island. There you go. There's a reason. Again, right? He didn't. He didn't hold it in like some upstate town. He held it in Bethpage, Long Island. The people from your now, high school who support him were not the top ten percent of your high school. Sorry, right. they just right. weren't. And I'm not right. disparaging people's intelligence, and I'm not right. you know saying one thing or another. I'm just pointing out that these right. are not the best and the brightest of your cohort. The whole I have to be honest with you. The whole thing uh, we we talked about it over the summer uh, has driven me almost batshit crazy. Like. Up at 2.30 in the morning, grinding my teeth, um, can barely get back to sleep because I'm just so worried. I'm mostly worried I'm mostly worried about the scenario that we started talking about because I think it's a realistic one. The, the attempt, the, the successful attempt to steal the election and the violence both in the next 52 days and the 52 days following November 3rd. Yeah. I think it's, it is more likely to happen than not. We're fucked. Anyway. No, bet we are. All right. You know, but we've been saying that. Yeah, but now it's really it's going to happen. <laughs> we've been saying it. We've been right. And uh, unfortunately, we're Take heed because on then corner, we are the conscience of the nation. As long as the nation still exists, we'll be here. Exactly. And this is, right. uh, we're going to put this one in the books, the first episode of the new season. Episode, season, season five, episode one. Wow. Epic. This could be historic, given everything that's about to happen. Season in this six might be taking place from a determined camp. <laughs> from a in boat camp. in international in waters. Determined camp. No, we're, we're going to be. You and I are going to be like cellmates. No, we're going to be broadcasting. We're going to be broadcasting from a boat to free America. I'll be broadcasting from my new home in Berlin, Germany. <laughs> oh great, you have a German passport. Yeah, I'm out of here, bitches. <laughs> oh man. That's uncool. All right. All right, man. We're out of here. We're out. See ya.